Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Double Blue Podcast. Mike Hogan with you. Coming up a little bit later on in the show, our guest will be Micah Alway, new linebacker, can play the inside, can play the will spot as well, which is kind of cool. I know he's going to be a great guest. I'm really looking forward to the conversation. But, one, dude is a guy who's got his uh, degree in petroleum engineering. So he's already way smarter than me, which, by the way, doesn't take a lot. I am going to put that out there. So, okay, he's got that going for him. Uh, also, this rarely happens because I have a like, good baritone set of pipes here. He's going to make me sound like I'm on helium. He's got a spectacular voice for radio. So uh, I hope you enjoy this. He's a, he's a very engaging young man. So I'm looking forward to talking to Micah. Uh, born in Nigeria and then raised in the Dallas area in Arlington. So we'll, uh, we'll talk to him, get his story on how he ended up with the Argos and how he got to pro football. So uh, the Friday Night Lights thing as well. Man, Texas football at, at the high school level is just, uh, just really interesting. I'll give a plug, by the way. The book Friday Night Lights is the best sports book I've ever read. And I had read this before seeing the movie, obviously, or, or, or seeing the television show, which I liked. I, I, I really liked the TV show, the movie, meh, give or take. The book is spectacular. It will really open up your eyes to a way of life that I don't think we can comprehend at all in terms of high school football in Texas and just how important it is and how weird it can get. So um, uh, I will, I will, as an aside, highly recommend Friday Night Lights, the book. It's, it's, it's a little old now, but it, uh, it's, it's just eye-opening. Uh, so we've got the, we got the win coming off the, the victory over the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, a really exciting game. If you went to BMO, I don't know how you could have a better night. Home team wins. They win it in dramatic fashion. Ten seconds left in the game. The star receiver is the star receiver. As SJ had an SJ-like night, 10 catches, 120 yards, and the game-winning touchdown. Claude Bethel-Thompson looked like a, a fantastic quarterback. See if he can keep that going against Edmonton. He's got a lot to prove to himself. He spoke after uh, practice on Thursday. Uh, somebody uh, asked him what he learned about the game in Edmonton, the shutout loss to the Eskimos. Uh, and he was very brilliant. He said, I, I learned how bad I can be. He was he was very hard on himself in the in the interviews. So I'm really curious to see how Mac dials it up in the game against the Eskimos. 7.30 is the kickoff time. It's going to be the biggest crowd of the season. Really looking forward to Friday night and if you talk to coaching staff or the players, the crowd noise in the Winnipeg game made a difference. It did. So be loud, be proud, and there are some fans, I assume, going to an Argo game for the first time this year, first time in a long time maybe for some, as they're taking advantage of the CNE deal. Uh, if you haven't, by the way, bought your ticket, if you buy a ticket for Friday's game, you get Friday admission to the X for free, $20 value for each adult. That adds up in a hurry. But it's an opportunity for the players to get that feeling of home field advantage. So uh, hope to see you there. Hope that you're loud and uh, you really enjoy uh, the game between the uh, Eskimos and the Argos. And we know it's going to be a better effort, certainly, than we saw uh, in Edmonton three weeks ago. So let's get to the conversation. Micah Alway, uh, linebacker, number 51, first-year Argo, came over on free agency day from the BC Lions. Here's the conversation with Micah Alway. Okay, our guest today on the Double Blue Podcast is newcomer, Micah Alway. How you doing, sir? I'm good. How are you? Good. Are you liking Toronto? Yep, it's good. It's 
great. It's a great day today. Um, the festival is all around. Looks like I'm living in some kind of toy land. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you like a big after the game on Friday night? Are you going to go out and check out the rides? Are you that kind of guy? I might go out. I don't know about the rides. The food. The food. I, I'm going to get <laughs> something. I don't know if it's going to be a beaver tail or I, I might. If I see a turkey leg, I'll probably. Go Have you had beaver leg. tail before? I think I thought about having it back when I was in BC, and uh-huh. we actually came. We came to Calgary, and they're having some kind of event. I'm like, "What is that?" Yeah, I'm like, "Man!" And they had some today in meetings. I'm like, "That's just like that's a lot of sugar." That's a lot. That's of sugar. a lot of sugar. You can do that once in a while. You're working out. You're okay. Maybe after the game. I, my favorite thing to do after the game is drink ginger ale because this is about as much as I drink. Oh, okay. <laughs> but that ginger ale is my thing. <laughs> Born in Nigeria. Yep. You moved here to the States when you were three. Yeah. Obviously, you don't remember anything about the country? No. I mean, I, ironically, this got brought up today. I had no idea you were going to ask me that question, but um, a joke was said. and I, It wasn't a joke, but I said, well, I was at, I'm actually born in Nigeria. And I was like, no, no, you're not. I was like, go Google it. Like, why would I lie about go something? Google. Like, go Google it. Like, I didn't just make this up on the spot. And yeah, yeah me and my family came here when I was three um, from a visa lottery, which mm-hmm. is basically it's a lottery but for a visa so imagine trying to get into another country yeah. through a lottery and that's what we had they don't wow. have it anymore so i'm here that's why I'd... have you been back no i haven't been back since i've been um been here my dad's and my da- mom's been back several times but um i'll, I'll probably go back soonish but it's just soon-ish. it's really expensive to go there Oh yeah, and yeah, and I probably would have to go with my my dad or oh my sure, mom. absolutely. Yeah, You'd I have, yeah, I would have no idea who's really my cousin <laughs> or not. <laughs> yeah, but you grew up in Dallas, Dallas area, Arlington. Mm-hmm. We hear all this. I read Friday Night Lights, watched the series, saw the movie, mm-hmm. love the book. I, I like the book to me of of the three is by far the most interesting. Okay, what was, what was your Friday Lights moment? Not necessarily as a player, but we hear about all the bells and whistles and the like wild Texas. stuff that goes on with Texas football. Man, like other than. Football, it's, it's it's I guess it's like the pep rallies. Yeah, man, I remember that every Friday, you know, because Friday night lights. Every Friday, you come you come to school, and um, you know, when you're finally on on varsity, mm-hmm. don't forget your don't forget your Letterman at home. Mm-hmm. You wear your Letterman, and it's just this camaraderie of um the the whole school kind of like rooting for you, and then um that whole feeling of just having the pep rally and everyone's cheering and then going out there on that field. I felt more nervous during high school games than, you know, some college games. Because, because there's pressure of being a, you know, sort of a really intense community yeah. thing. And everyone, everyone knows who, you know, everyone knows who you are. Yeah. Like, and it, it's not about, you know, like being famous. It's just like, you know, you're, you're going to have to basically see, see to the crowd on Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you know, whether or not you made that play or not for that touchdown or that tackle, you know that one that one girl in class is gonna know, and she's gonna be like, "Hey, you're, you're the reason why we lost." And so you, it's just that extra pressure. How about on the field? Is there is there one game you think of back under the lights on a Friday night that, that comes to mind? Yeah, I, I was actually telling my girlfriend this yesterday. Um, we were playing against Burleson. I went to Mansfield Summit, and um, man, we had some great competition. I played against a lot of great players, and some of them are playing right now, but you know, a lot of them aren't. But I feel like they could be. Yeah. And we were playing against Burleson, and um. Like the first two plays, or the, I had like missed like the first three tackles, and um, it's my senior year. I'm having a great season, and my coach, my library coach, just takes me out. So I'm now I'm just sitting on the sideline, and when I tell you that's that's one of the most angriest, like most determined I felt ever in my life, because mm-hmm. he never did that for me, and he just you know sent me, and he was angry at me, and then 
finally, like, two series later, he let me back in, and I never, I never missed the tackle again that game. And then I got district MVP, like nice. not not just defensive MVP, like. I was really? the MVP of the whole district as a defensive player. As a defensive player. Wow. And um, my goal was defensive MVP or mm-hmm. defensive uh, player of the year, but I got MVP of the whole district. Texas Tech. Um, did you decide after your junior year? Was it a tough decision? Was it how much was football? How much was academics? Like, what was the, the whole process for you to end up at Tech? That was the easy one for me. They were all, they were my only off, my only. Come offer. on, really? <laughs> Texas Tech was my only offer. Hang on, you're 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 a regional MVP as a defensive player in a football crazy state with a ton of universities, yeah. and you got one offer. One D one off. Well, not even a D two, not a D three, not like you didn't NAI. hear from like West Texas. You didn't hear from nobody. Really? Nobody. I, I tell I, that's something that I guess most people don't really. I mean, I don't really realize it, but they assume if you get Texas Tech, usually what happens when you get one D one offer, the rest of the Big Twelve offers you, the rest of the yeah. SEC offer because they don't want to. But even out. the smaller schools. I didn't have Rice or TC. Like I'm, none of the schools offer me. So that's I mean, weird. that's kind of like my people ask me. You know, why why do you play so hard? Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, because no one believes in me. <laughs> like oh, I don't I'm, I don't know why maybe it's my height and weight yeah I was six foot two hundred pound playing linebacker but I mean my my weight but you're not playing Mike like you're playing outside right I actually I did play Mike at at high school level. in high school my senior year I switched from Will linebacker mm-hmm. to Mike linebacker my senior year because we didn't we didn't have one and okay. my coach is like hey we you're and at that level sure yeah at that level and um I was supposed to play safety my senior year but again I had to play Mike mm-hmm. and um. There's one thing that people don't realize. It's, you know, what's more important, you know, weight or getting to the ball? Mm-hmm. It's like, what's more important in the car? It making a lot of sound <laughs> or, or you moving yeah. from point A to point B. Yeah, exactly. So I guess that's the only reason why I got that one offer. But um, I'm thankful that Texas Tech actually saw that talent. And mm-hmm. um, Coach Tuberville, you know, offered me and Coach Glasgow offered me and then I was there. Were, were, were you confident as a freshman that you were going to develop the way you did? Because you were a tackling machine by the time you mm-hmm. were a senior. Did you did you see that in yourself, or did anybody else see that in you? Man, um, I saw it in myself for sure. I mean, I, I, I came in there. It all started with training camp, and um, I realized I could play with these guys. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's D1. I'll tell you a short little story. Okay. So there's this guy who plays for the Buffalo Bills. His name is Lo Adrian Waddle. He okay. just got signed there. He won the, uh, I think, two Super Bowls with the Patriots. And it was my it was one of my first practices, and we're down an inside run drill. Mm-hmm. And um, I come off the edge, like one-on-one, and he just sticks his left hand out and just, like, stiff arms me. And I, I'm just trying to fight off his one arm. Mm-hmm. And that's when I knew, like, I got some work to do. All right. Yeah, yeah like, all right, all right. That's, I mean, that's fine. That's fine. I'm just the, I'm just a, a freshman. Yeah. But um, after that moment, it's just, like, other than that, like, I, I used that to make sure that, you know, I didn't forget where I came from. And mm-hmm. I knew freshman year that I would go. And, ironically, my first ever play, my my freshman year, I wasn't registered. I finally got in. We were playing um, Northwestern, Northwestern. Okay. And um, I got in, like, the third or fourth quarter. My first play ever. I come off the edge, strip sack. Nice. And, and this is at home or in Chicago? This is home. Oh, nice. This, yeah, this is home in um, Lubbock. And um, I didn't really play that much that my freshman year. And mm-hmm. um, But, again, I, you, you have to see the talent in yourself even if no one else believes in you. And then five defense coordinators later, mm-hmm. three years later, wow. I didn't start. Wow. I wasn't really a starter at all and for whatever reason. But finally, I get my chance senior year. 
and I get 127 tackles, yeah. six and a half tackles for loss. Mm -hmm. That's number top 10 in the country. So, What's your degree in? Petroleum engineering. And did you pick your major as you developed as a student, or did you know when you went in that this was a field that you were fascinated by? Okay. I, I knew I was going to be in engineering. And um, petroleum, I mean oil, that's oil and gas. Um, in Texas. For, yeah. In Texas, <laughs> it, was, it was huge. And yeah. we were having that huge uh, um, boom during mm -hmm. 2012 when it was like $100 uh, a barrel. And um, that was just the way it was. And by the time I got my senior year, I mean, we had – we had we had a whole new um, facility or mm -hmm. you know um, building, and hundreds of people in our class, and it was, yeah. so that was tough because they had a lot of weed out classes. Okay, you know, and those, yeah, those were tough. What fascinates you about it now? Now that you've gone through the process, is there one part of your degree that you look back on, or, or just one area of petroleum engineering that you say, oh, I really find that fascinating? Yeah. So, um, just for for people to know, there's basically three different disciplines within petroleum engineering. Okay. There's a uh, drilling mm -hmm. and then there's production. Okay. And then there's reservoir engineering. Okay. So if you, if you look at the order at which it goes, it all starts with the reservoir engineers. Mm -hmm. The reservoir engineers are the ones that use uh, information from different tools to be like, all right, there's oil on that side of the lake underneath. How so much of that is guesswork and how much of that is... Man, it's it's not... I wouldn't call it guesswork because that's the science behind it. Sure. But, you know, the, <laughs> but the, the first... I remember the first day of my real um, petroleum engineering class, Dr. Watson told me, he, you know, he went through an hour and a half of lecturing and we just learned all this stuff. And mm -hmm. he's like, but at the end of the day, if you don't drill it and find out, you'll just never know. Yeah. So we have all these tools that we can figure out, like there's a high chance that there will be oil there. So it starts with reservoir engineering. And then once we figured out all that out, then you, you take it to the drill, um, the drilling engineers, mm -hmm. which actually drill the hole in there. And then after the, the holes, you know, drilled and you have all the, you know, you, you're to the depth of the oil. Then you have the production engineers, which are the ones that figure out how to get it out most mm -hmm. efficiently and most effectively. Are you keeping your hand in this as in the off season, or are you going to wait until the career is over and then? No, I'm. I'm definitely. I'm definitely always trying to look for ways to get in. It's. It's hard. You no. Know, no one wants to hire an engineer for six months on, six months off. Yeah, I, I mean that's imagine. that's yeah. the truth. They they yeah. just can't do it. But um, since I'm a tech guy, like I've had many ideas. I actually do have a lot of business ideas. If anyone's interested out there, um. <laughs> of how to use what I learned with, um, you know, science and apps and stuff like that mm -hmm. to kind of like stay in it. And eventually I want to, you know, have my own company and be an entrepreneur. Very nice. Yeah. You didn't get drafted in the NFL. Did you think there was a chance you were going to be drafted or did this again, <laughs> you didn't think anybody would have the, the confidence in you to get there? No, I mean, I guess that's the one thing I always believed I would. Mm -hmm. I always believe I, I, I'm going to get drafted. Yeah. And, um, I had good good um, reason to think I was gonna get drafted, but um, not not very high, obviously. But sure. get drafted, but you know, for whatever reason, I I didn't. And um, sitting down there on <laughs> on draft day, as you hear each name get called yeah. by one by one by one, you know, re reality. I mean, it, it already sucked, and I I understood the yeah. reality. But at the same time, it's that. It's that drive that it gives you the same. Were time. you watching? Were you oh, refreshing man. your phone all the time? Or uh, I was online? watching. Yeah, it was just me and my girlfriend. We were just watching, and um, yeah, I'm looking at my phone. And man, you get that Wait, like you get a call from Arizona. You're like, all right, Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> you get a call from New York. All right, is it the Jets? Is it the yeah. Giants? But um, yeah, nothing happened on that day, and um, it's kind of just you know, it's it's sad feeling, yeah. but something you have to go through. 
Yeah, I've told you this story the first time I remember seeing you. I'm an Eagles fan, and uh, I remember Carson Wentz uh, meeting up with you in a preseason game. Uh, score all way one, Wentz nothing. Uh, you lit him up, man. He broke or fractured a couple of ribs? Uh, yeah, I did. A hairline fracture yeah. is what they called it. Yeah. Um, you caught him clean off the edge. Yes, and um, <laughs> ironically, again, all these ironic things, yeah. ironically, uh, Yesterday, I had a I had a um, radio talk show as well, mm-hmm. um, Mr. Saga, and mm-hmm. he he played that same oh, that call, play. Yeah. And then when I went home that night, I'm mad and check. I don't check Facebook all the time, mm-hmm. but I checked Facebook, and yesterday was ironically the the anniversary. The anniversary. Oh, no. <laughs> so so now you're talking about it again, you know, in you know heat of uh, training camp and all that. It's awesome. Yeah, like I actually made a mistake on that play. If you didn't know, you really? can go back and um. I, I had a peel on a running back. Oh. But I didn't peel with him. You just and smelled I just, blood. And- <laughs> I, I just saw Carson Wentz, and I went, and I hit him. And then I was like, yeah, great. I was like, great play. And then my linebacker coach, he just looking at me. He's like, Micah, Micah. He's like, what, coach? Like, it's the main play. He's like, you had the back. I was like, Ooh. oh. And he almost got it to him, too. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes if you make the play, you make the play. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, I'd never heard of you. Uh, yeah. And I, I saw, oh, that's, that's a cool name. And I, I started doing the, the, the Google search. Oh, hey, yeah, thanks for looking me up. 130 tackles or whatever it was. <laughs> okay, maybe this guy's got a shot. And then I see you went up in BC. You didn't make the Buccaneers. No. Um, but you ended up in BC. How did that happen? Yeah, so uh, Buccaneers, I, I was actually on practice squad for one week. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm thankful for that. That was, that was a great experience. I always sure. tell people, like, having that as a rookie and going through all the preseason and then making practice squad. Cause you know, you get cut to make practice squad. Sure. Yeah. Um, it was awesome. But then, yeah, all of a sudden when I, I think it was after I hit Carson Wentz, I think <laughs> CFL team started calling. <laughs> I'm pretty sure like my, my agent's yeah. like, yeah, CFL teams are calling. I'm like, CFL, what is that? Yeah. And then, um, after that season, I had a couple work NFL workouts, nothing really panned out. And, um, I decided, yeah, like I'll, I'll sign with BC and, you know, Coach Wally and, um, mm. you know, the, the scout that recruited me, they really believed in me. And I, I knew Coach Wally was going to – he was a lot like my dad, kind of just like, I'm going to teach you, but yeah. you're not going to know I'm teaching you. So he was just very quiet about a lot of things. And my first ever experience was that Calgary game. Mm-hmm. I was on all the defense, all the special teams. How tired were you by the end of the there night? Was no, there was no TV timeouts. <laughs> and let me tell you at home, y'all, when there's no TV timeouts – it's like playing soccer. <laughs> and um and then we're in Calgary's height, so we had to get yeah, used to that right again. Too. And yeah. um I played a whole game and you know, I think that was kind of like his test to me to be like if if I'm worthy cuz yeah. you know, Solly's there already and yeah. you know, Biggie just left. So I had I had big big, you know, shoes to fill. Yeah, you were um you had the the, the run in BC and then free agency comes this year. I don't know even know if you know this or not, but I, I was in the war room for free agency and wrote about it for the website. There were two solid offers on the table from the Argonauts. They mm-hmm. made the big one to Bo, everybody knows that, Bo yeah. Levi. Yeah. And the, you were the only guy that they made a solid offer to on day one mm-hmm. because they had to wait for others to yeah. see what happened with Bo before and you know and then it was like, okay, he didn't sign here. Okay, now Darrell, get on get Darrell on the line mm-hmm. and, and all of did you know that story? And, and, and I did. I I think I read your I read your article. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I did. Because I, I was just like, man, that's pretty awesome. Because I I like the fact that you were, you know, people get to see actually what's going on. Yeah, the, the access they've given me is incredible. Yeah, just and that's incredible. and that's awesome. That's a story yeah. that I think the CFL just needs to really go in because mm-hmm. I feel like the CFL is very much 
like fans know us. So we were touching mm-hmm. their hands. We were really close. So it's it's a really awesome experience. And so when you read that, and and, <clears throat> and and I assume that caught you by surprise. Yeah, I mean, again, it's like that one team that wanted you. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Texas Tech yeah. was that one team that wanted me. Mm-hmm. Um, no one else believed in me, and um, you know, Coach Coach Hamlin, he he called me free agency. I had no idea who he was. Mm-hmm. He was just talking, all passionate. And um, that, that's coach. <laughs> yeah, and, and then like halfway through, I was confused because I I can't hear him. I'm like, who is this again? He's like, Coach Coach Corey Chandler. I was like, oh yeah yeah. I was like, okay, all right, I got you, I got you. But that's that's how much you know he he kind of like you know first came out and you know believed in me. And then mm-hmm. when they first called, I was just like, man, this is it's awesome. They, like, yeah, Toronto wants they me. They you here. So yeah. it's like that's an awesome feeling to have the player. And then what it replicates is. I'm not coming here being like, oh, they want me and I'm going to just lollygag. It's like, no, like I got to prove them right because mm-hmm. they, they put their job on the line to basically say like, hey, this is the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if Bo and then a middle linebacker, you know, quarterback and a linebacker, those need to be your guys. Mm-hmm. So um, that's how I felt about this whole situation. That's what made me excel my my play up to this point. And now you're Area 51, that little nicer. Yeah. Um, did you pick that number intentionally, or did you say, oh, I'm number 51, let's have some fun with no, it? No, man. It was BC that gave it to me. Yeah, yeah. And then when I finally started on defense um, halfway through the season, my, my rookie year, and we played Calgary. That was the game where, you know, I got messed which was controversial. I know people are sure. still mad about that. And then I got Finch. Right. Yep. Right, 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 right. I forgot and, about that. And then I got the um the, the third string running back. And um that's when – I guess it kind of stuck the 51 and every all the players from Toronto like man when when we, when I didn't know you I was like man who's that linebacker number 51 I'm like dang everyone why is it 51 like I didn't choose yeah. that number mm-hmm. but, but it the, works. the number chose me it works yep. well it it seems like it's a good fit which is good for you and great for the Argos I want to thank you for doing this I hope you have a really long run here you're a lot of fun to watch play football yep. Continued success, continued improving and, and, and grasping this game up mm. here because you got nothing but greatness ahead, pal. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Mike Alway from the Argos will come back and wrap up next on the Double Blue Podcast. Micah Alway from the Toronto Argonauts, uh, this week's guest on the Double Blue Podcast. Fantastic. Really interesting guy. Really intriguing story. Always love the stories about Texas. And I always love guys who were overlooked for one reason or another. And as you heard from Micah, it just it, he was never that guy. He was never the chosen one. Didn't matter on how successful he was. The, the great career at high school level. Turns into one offer in D1. That's that's amazing to me. It really kind of blows the mind that even a smaller school in Texas wouldn't come after him. But prove the critics wrong by at least getting a taste in the NFL. And uh, man, if you if you if you do a YouTube tube search and and find that hit, uh, Micah Alway on Carson Wentz, you'll see the kind of power that he has um, when he gets uh, gets to hit somebody. And we all know about Area 51. Uh, it's a dangerous place for receivers to go. So looking forward to seeing what Micah can do. We're going to see more of a three-linebacker look with the rotation, with uh, Herdman Reed and Wild, everybody back in the lineup. Uh, Jermaine Gabriel back in the lineup this week. Uh, Ronnie Peffer is back. Jake Reinhardt is back. Who else is back? It's uh, Tremaine Washington is back. So it's starting to come together. Cleon Lang is out. He's been put on the sixth game. Just a reminder, though. 
That's for precautionary reasons, right? In case the injury is worse than expected and drags out to six games, there's no sense not putting him on the six-game list because you can get uh, the cap relief if you do that. We've already seen this year. Ryan Bombin at the end of camp was put on the six-game list. He was brought off the list after the first game. So you had to pay the cap penalty on the first game. That's it. Likewise, Ian Wild was put on the six-game list. He was back after two games. So um, the hope is with Cleon that he's not out for six games. So if when you see that, don't panic uh, that, oh, my God, Cleon's out for the next six games. So um, Justin Thomas is going to get the start against the Eskimos. He is a very large human being, very tall interior player. Uh, sometimes you see those fire plug types, the guys who are, you know, barely six feet and 300 pounds. A guy like uh, Ken Bishop, you know, has that lower physique, big body. Um, Thomas is tall, man. You'll see him right off the get-go, how tall he is in the middle of the field. So very interesting to see how high that motor goes because there's something there. So lots to look at. Edmonton's in town, 7.30 kickoff. Schultze and I will have the game, the pregame show, the postgame show on TSN 1050. $5 beers, $3 hot dogs, everything, all the bells and whistles with the CNE as well. So we hope you're coming to the game. This is going to be a good one to go to. It's going to be loud at BMO Field, and we would love to have you come down and add to that home field advantage. So we'll do this again next week with the Double Blue Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Mike Hogan. 